In this episode of Bhagavad Gita 101, focused on applying the Gita to working, we learn about the importance of balancing what we do and how we think. With this checked off, we can then immerse ourselves with dedication and focus. Hariyom and greetings from Niagara Falls. I was listening to a recent news report on TikTok. How many of you have TikTok accounts? Okay. Through this social media portal, there are videos, artistic videos, which are usually 15 seconds, 30 seconds in length. And when people start to watch these videos that are 30 seconds in length, After the first video is done, they watch another video, and another video, and another video, and the typical person would be wasting 25 to 30 minutes just looking at these videos. Why? Why look at these useless videos where everyone thinks they're a professional artist (laughs) for 25 to 30 minutes? The reason for this is we don't have parameters. We don't have the internal parameters of what is pleasure and what is peace. So 25 seconds turns into 25 minutes. We have external parameters when it comes to driving. There's guardrails so one doesn't drive off into the ditch. We have external parameters like alarm clocks, so we don't keep sleeping in. Our course is infusing parameters into our life, is injecting the scripture into our lifestyle so that there are parameters, so there are guardrails. And if you're hearing this for the first time, if you're not practicing self-development, this is all demotivating. This is all another layer of control. When the truth is, the more we have guidance, the more control we have, the more free we feel. Yes? When you go through security in an American airport, That is one of the toughest screenings amongst all screenings in the world. Do you agree? It's better that way than the other way, no? Would you be comfortable going on to an uh, into an airport or an airplane where there was very lack they were very lax with screening? You'd feel less comfortable. Yes. That's what this course is designed to do, is to bring that control and parameters and guidance into our life. And we're doing this with verbs we're already doing, like communicating, like working, which has been the focus for January. The last shloka we studied was chapter 3, verse 12. And in this shloka, in this verse, Bhagavan Krishna is telling Prince Arjuna, That if you live selflessly, all that you want and need will flow into your life. 
But if you live selfishly, really you are a thief. And those thieves live inside of you. Regrets, anxieties, overexcitement. And whatever is inside will come outside. Which means we will not be successful in this world. We will not be successful in the next world, which really means the future. And I'll share subhashitam, these simple words of wisdom, to solidify this. Many of you have heard this already. Anadanam mahadanam. The gift or charity of food. Maha means great. It is a great gift, a great charity. But the next quarter says, Vidyadanam ataha param. But an even greater gift, a greater charity is Vidya, is knowledge. Now, what is the logic in all of this? The third quarter, Annena chanika triptihi. Food provides satisfaction for how long? A kshana. A kshana means a small amount of time. This evening, a group of us here had Thai food. And we ate around 6 o'clock, now it's 8 o'clock. So all of that tripti is gone. So there'll be, there's a pre-dinner and there's a post. <laughs> there's a dinner before class and there's a dinner after class also. <laughs> However, yavat jivancha Vidyaya. But knowledge that provides striptihi for how long? Jivan means one's whole life. There's this is where Swami Tejumayananda shared. You should feed people, but after you feed them, teach them. Teach them how to be happy because that's what creates independence. If we simply feed ourselves and feed others, then we're not acting in tune with this multiverse. We're not acting with dedication towards development. The teaching, the vidya has to be present also. Then selflessness becomes our default. If you remember the five karmas I described last week, Nitya karma, naimitika karma. What did I put in the middle? I put kamya karma. Our default, what we're most centered in is selfishness. What do I get rather than what do I give? But the more we tune into these words of wisdom, living is not about the short term, about feeding. It's long term. It's about knowledge. We then tune in to the greatest experience ever, which is known as Abhaya. Abhaya means fearlessness. And though this is not shared in the Subhashitam, there's an even greater charity than knowledge, and that is called Abhaya Dhanam. To give someone fearlessness. And that's exactly what Bhagavan Rama did, no? 
Anyone who asked for help, he gave them fearlessness. And I'm sharing all of this to help us tune into when we're not living selflessly, we are a thief. And externally, that seems very harsh. I'm not in jail. I'm not being convicted of anything. But that's because our standards of ourselves are so low. But this shloka is raising the standards of ourselves. That every thought, word, and action should be dedicated towards selflessness. To give, to give, to give. Resources, time, effort. That is the secret in working. We complete working with one more shloka. We're now on chapter 6, verse 17. This portion of Bhagavad Gita is where Bhagavan Krishna is teaching Prince Arjuna about dhyana. What is the purification needed for dhyana? What is the preparation needed for dhyana? What is the process needed for dhyana? So this verse has to do with the purification, the lifestyle. <coughs> Yukta hara viharasya Yukta hara viharasya Yukta cheshtasya karmasu Yukta cheshtasya karmasu Yukta swapnava bodasya Yukta Swapnava Bodasya Yogo Bhavati Dukkaha Yogo Bhavati Dukkaha The first quarter. Yukta means balanced. Yukta means integrated. Yukta means disciplined. In what? Ahara and Vihara. Ahara can mean eating, and vihara means resting. And I say can mean, can mean eating. It's not just what you eat, but all that you put inside of yourself. And vihara means resting, relaxing. Thinking about this more, Ahara has to do with this body, and vihara has to do with the mind. You eat for the body, and you rest for the mind. When you take a nap during the day, when you take a nap at night, does your heart stop? Does your brain stop? Your body doesn't stop. Your body never stops, and if it's stopped, then that's this preliminary stages of dying and then death. When you're resting, when you take a nap, when you sleep, is your mind active? Your mind is not active. Those thoughts have stopped, which is why you're sleeping. So Bhagavan Krishna is sharing here. For the person who wants to contemplate, for us, the person who wants to work, they have to appreciate that their equipments, the body and the mind, are necessary for work, are necessary for dharma, 
So keep them healthy. How do you apply Gita when it comes to working? Be physically healthy. And if you're not physically healthy, you can't engage in as much work or as much dharma. And the same goes with the mind, too. I believe most countries in the world, other than America and Canada, after lunch, what do people do? They rest, no? In India, yes, all of the people who grew up in India. When I was staying in the ashram, lunch finished at 1.30. No one did anything until 3. It was in lockdown, like there was a curfew. <laughs> When I was studying in the Czech Republic, same goes. After lunch, you couldn't go anywhere. Nothing was opened. In Mexico, they call them siestas, correct? But what did you do at work today? You had a meeting. You were talking to people. You were checking your email, correct? No rest. When you come home, same goes. With globalization, Somewhere the office is open, correct? It starts to make us inefficient with work and inefficient with contemplation, for sure. The more you appreciate that the body and mind are equipments for dharma, the more you look after them. In our happy hour class, and most, most of those kids are fairly healthy, at least visually, their raw for last week was every day to do 25 push-ups and 50 sit-ups. <laughs> and it was just to encourage them to feel good about their bodies. Should I give you the same raw? <laughs> None of you would make it to class next week. <laughs> You'd have heart palpitations. You'd all be at the hospital for monitoring right now. <laughs> the second line Yukta, second quarter, yukta cheshtasya karmasu. The one who's balanced, the one who's integrated, the one who's disciplined with cheshta. Cheshta means their mind, their being, in what? In karma. In other words, someone who applies themselves when they're working. Okay, that's the second quarter applying themselves. That's a very poetic word. Okay, apply yourself with work. What does that mean? What does it look like? When you see someone who's applying themselves and you see someone who's not applying themselves, how are you judging that? What is the gauge? So here's a reference for you. In the third skanda of Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavan Brahma, who is the creator, he feels that he should create, but he's concerned that when he begins this work, that he will get trapped. He will become bound. We hear this a lot, that karma is bondage. Yes, karma bandha. At that time, Bhagavan Narayana comes and guides him, sharing, if you work for yourself, everything you're anxious about will happen. You will be trapped. You will be bound. But if you work for me, that is for Bhagavan, 
that is for life, you will be enthusiastic inside and effective outside. Sharing this more simply. An altar in life alters your life. If your altar is small, then you won't apply yourself as much. But if your altar is big, it is society, it is humanity, then you will apply yourself. And applying yourself means every value you know about, you will try to practice that. You will bring out those virtues. And I'll give you one more thought on this. It is a rope that connects your head and your hands. Applying yourself means you are not distracted. You are focused. Those who are distracted don't apply themselves. So reviewing. How do we live Gita in our work? First message, be balanced when it comes to exerting and resting because that provides good health to the equipments that are the body and mind so you can work so you can engage in your dharma second quarter says when you're working give yourself to that work immerse yourself in that work remember the creator who's given you everything or at least treat it as training and focus third quarter Yukta, Swapna, Avaboda. Swapna means sleep, and Avaboda means to be awake. So I'm going to give you a framework now on how many hours you should sleep and how many hours you should be awake. Now before I tell you what my observations are on this, I'll tell you the six categories and you can assign numbers, okay? We'll go from... Young to old, here are the six categories. Those who are school-aged, that means elementary school, we'll call it that. High school-aged, college-aged, those who are professionals, they finished college and now they're engaged in some professional work. Those who are family-aged, meaning your white hair is starting to come through. And those who are disciples. Okay? How many hours should a typical school-aged personality sleep? Eight hours. I find so many grade sixes and grade sevens, they hardly sleep eight hours. Because what are they doing? Robotics classes, STEM research, building Lego figures, learning 17 languages. And then you ask, why are they distracted when all of those insights are given in a scripture that was shared thousands and millions of years ago? Those who are in high school, seven and a half hours. 
<laughs> seven and a half hours. So you don't sleep it during the week. So on the weekend, it becomes 15 hours, correct? Like bears do. Bears store food, you store sleep over the weekend. That's how this works, correct? College age students, seven hours. Those who are professionals, six and a half. Those who have families, you're married, kid, kids, six. And those who are disciples, any amount less than six hours. For the sake of being generous, I'll say five and a half. As a reference, I'll insert myself at five hours. That's why I said any amount less than five and a half. If you're general when it comes to your age and your health, if you're not feeling well, sleep more. If you're older, sleep more. If you're younger, sleep more. Understood. Now I'll apply some more philosophy to all of this. Shri Lakshmana, Shri Shatrugna, Shri Bharata, Shri Rama. It's fascinating that Shri Lakshmana and Shri Shatrugna generally what is their skin color like? It's described as white, but it's more weedish. Their skin is not like my coat. It's, it's weedish. It's maple-like in color. And Shri Bharata and Shri Rama? People say black, but it's not black. It's like the sun about to rise in the morning. It's like a blue. You're with me? Shri Lakshmana is an icon of the waking state, Shatrugna of the dream state, Bharata of the sleep state, and Bhagavan Rama of the enlightened state. Now, coming back to that whitish skin, that whitish skin is really an active mind. And when is the mind active? In the waking and dream state, correct? The darkish skin is associated with the sleep state, that's Sri Bharata, and darkness here really means oneness, where all colors become the same, that's Bhagavan Rama. So far, so good. Now, Sri Shatrugna always follows Sri Bharata. Your dream leads you into sleep. And now the main point that I'm trying to share here. Shri Lakshmana always follows Shri Rama. How can you be enlightened? Can you do it while you're sleeping? Can you do it while you're dreaming? You can only work and follow enlightenment while you're awake. That's who Shri Lakshmana symbolizes, one who's ever vigilant, using every moment of being awake for enlightenment. That's why you never see Sri Lakshmana separate from Bhagavan Rama. So as we think of what does it mean to be disciplined when it comes to sleep and being awake, really it should be being disciplined with being awake. If you are disciplined with being awake, you will naturally be disciplined with sleeping. And if you have problems sleeping, I infer that you have problems being awake.
Now, some of you who are taking this personally, let me extrapolate this more. The way you die will really be indicative of the way you live, no? If you're dying and die graciously, it's because you lived graciously. But if you're dying and died fearfully, it's because you lived like that, isn't it? When Swami Chinmayananda would find out that someone had passed away, he wouldn't ask how they died. He would ask, how did they live? So this quarter is really about being balanced and integrated and disciplined with being awake. If you do all of this, you are disciplined with being physically healthy, disciplined with being mentally healthy, disciplined with applying yourself to everything you do. Let's call that the intellect. You are disciplined with what you're doing with your body, mind, intellect while you're awake. Yoga, this yoga, this means you're engaged in Bhavati will cause, will create Dukkha Ha. Ha means it will be the end of Dukkha. This will kill sadness. By living all that is shared in this one verse, once and for all, we will be happy. And I'm so appreciative of this last quarter because what Bhagavan is sharing with Prince Arjuna, this will work. That's what we finally want. After hearing so much of poetry, what will I do with this? And even if I do this, what guarantee is there? Bhagavan Krishna is saying, Bhavati. This will happen. This will work. And a point of reflection for all of us on this last quarter Dukkha really means that we will no longer live for the absence of pain. That's called Dukkha Nivritti. We will not live for that. We will live for the presence of peace, which is called Sukha Prapti. Exactly. This last quarter is sharing, raise your expectations of yourself. Later on, Prince Arjuna will share with Bhagavan Krishna, this is hard, I don't think I can do it. So Bhagavan Krishna is already guiding him before that question comes to say, hey, have higher expectations of yourself. And I'm telling you this will work. So it's not just having higher expectations of yourself, have more faith in yourself also. Okay? Let's chant together. Yukta hara viharasya, Yukta cheshtasya karmasu, Yukta swapnava bodasya, Yogo bhavati dukkaha. If you enjoyed what you heard or want to learn more, share this episode with a friend or find us online at facebook.com slash cmniagara. For those on the journey of self-development, Chinmaya Mission Niagara provides a community forum for seekers to listen, reflect, and contemplate. This podcast is produced by the Young Adults of Chinmaya Mission, an international nonprofit working to transform individuals through the knowledge of Vedanta. 
Until next time, inspire, love, be.